Hello, I'm M. Thorey, and this is my opinion for April 17th, 2018. Here to recap Monday Night Raw from last night as we began the annual Superstar Shake-Up, a night, you know, kind of like the week, or should we say the week of WrestleMania, the week, the Raw and SmackDown after WrestleMania, you never know what to expect, never, surprises are abound, because when they do the Shake-Up, it's trades from Raw to SmackDown, or from SmackDown to Raw, but they don't announce it beforehand, they leave you wondering, wow, who's coming out from behind the curtain, who's going to show up on Monday Night Raw, and it left you even more uh, suspense when it was announced that every member of the Raw roster was backstage at SmackDown yesterday, the hell, they had interviews online uh, with uh, members of the SmackDown roster uh, as we prepared for the shakeup. And left you in suspense, wondering who's coming, when they're coming, and it, we were left uh, last night with a, a lot of surprises we did not see coming. Such as show kicks off, Kurt Angle comes out to begin uh, talking about the shakeup, and no less than about a minute and a half he's out there, and he gets interrupted by Sunil Singh, the one of. Uh, the backup for United States champion Jinder Mahal introduces Mahal. Mahal, the first change from uh, SmackDown to Raw. And it, it's kind of a weird one because let's not forget this time last year, Jinder Mahal was one of the guys going from Raw to SmackDown. And it was, it almost felt like a kind of a throw in situation here. The, the only thing that Mahal had going for him is the fact that he had. Got him beaten up by Rob Gronkowski at WrestleMania during the Andre the Giant uh, Memorial Battle Royal. He essentially had no momentum. He was uh, just a fill-in mid-carder. And then the, with what's happened with him the last year, how two weeks into his time at SmackDown, becomes the number one contender for the WWE title. Six weeks later, he wins the title from Randy Orton at Backlash. Holds it for six months before losing it to AJ Styles. Then gets involved in this rivalry between Orton and Rude for the US title, only to win it at the grandest stage of them all. So he's had one hell of a year since he's uh, went from SmackDown to Raw, now coming back to Monday nights. Uh, only thing, I felt that his momentum was kind of, I don't want to say deflated, but lesson because he's coming back to Raw as you know a main eventer now he he comes out making demands to Kurt Angle saying that him being the United States champion he wants to get uh, the same uh, treatment as Brock Lesnar the same perks Brock Lesnar's saying gets claiming he's the best wrestler on the brand and Kurt not only Kurt makes him defend the U.S. title in an open challenge, which was answered by the one and only Jeff Hardy, but they have Mahal look completely overwhelmed in the match. Essentially, he maybe gets a couple of moves in, but uh, was pretty much squashed in the match and drops uh, the United States uh, Championship a week and a half into his run. Now, before they had him announce that we knew what was going to come, that was he was going to 
use his rematch clause at the greatest Rumble event ever down in uh, Saudi Arabia. But, I mean, now it, it feels kind of weird to ha- have that because what I never like is when they have a guy win the title, quickly drop it, and then win it back. And having two reigns as champion in just a matter of a couple weeks is is kind of making a mockery out of the United States title. And to me, was kind of a, a buzzkill for uh, his momentum and uh, just uh, it's you know, disrespectful for the United States title. Just don't like how that what segment was handled. You, you could have ha- had him retain the title, retain the title there. So then he's going into backlash against Randy Orton with the with the great momentum on his side as U.S. champion. Now, if they face a backlash for the U- U.S. title, it kind of just feels like a little bit of a joke. Now, aside from the shakeup, there was no continuous business to handle uh, on Raw in the women's division with uh, the ongoing uh, feud between Sasha Banks and Bailey, with uh, neither woman seemingly holding back on the other with some of the shots they were throwing at each other at some point. now, get gave you a, a, a lot to uh, look forward to when it comes to these two because let's not forget they had a great rivalry at one point down in NXT had some classic matches down there whether it be at Takeover Brooklyn one or at Takeover Respect when they had the first ever women's Iron Man match so these these women it's not. A surprise that they have a great match against one another, even though they they've spent the last two uh, years being buddy buddy uh, on the storyline. And you know the fr- the friction between the two, you knew it was going to spill over at one point to a match between the two of them. Just thought maybe that would get uh, happen at a pay per view, but you saw the the arrogance of Sasha Banks come out and bring out uh, also a. Uh, vengeful side of Bailey, where at one point they just start smacking each other in the face and then well, laying down legitimate shots. Even Sasha at one point yelled in Bailey's face, I'm better than than you, Bailey, uh, just uh, to, to continue uh, building up the tension between these two. And it, it builds uh, strong... F- because you know that they're eventually going to have a match on a pay-per-view. They, that's the only way that this feud can, can end is a match on pay-per-view between uh, Sasha and Bailey. But what, we're, what we come away from this segment talking about is n- not the match, because the match was uh, of high quality, but there was no decision. And that's because when Sasha Banks had Bailey in uh, the uh, bank statement, they got an unexpected visitor by the next additions to Monday Night Raw in the Superstar Shake-Up, the group known as the Riot Squad, with Ruby Riot, uh, Liv Morgan, and Sarah Logan coming in from Friday Night's... I mean, Friday Night SmackDown. Wow, that's 
hasn't been around in a long time, coming in from SmackDown Live and just putting the beat down on them. And, you know, this is a good move for these three because I've said this plenty of times in our SmackDown recaps over the last month or two. Yeah, they came on the scene with a big impact. We're taking out people left and right, whether it be Naomi, whether it be Becky Lynch had their feud with Charlotte, but they never had that win to put them over the top. They they would always get to a certain point of beating people up, but then would lose a big match. Now they come to Raw, fresh start, new ch- uh, group still intact. Now we can see this group get its full potential because you know Raw's going to have room for a, a new group due to the fact that who knows what the future lies with Absolution after Paige's retirement last week. So with the, these three together uh, on Raw, they can raise some serious hell in that women's division. In the Quit While You're Ahead segment of Monday Night Raw last night, and it, to me that's the perfect description uh, of what happened here, Heath Slater and Rhino decided to once again call out the authors of pain. Remember last week, they came out the night after WrestleMania looking to make an open challenge. They were annoyed the fact they weren't in the tag team eliminator. And they were answered by the former NXT tag team champions, the Authors of Pain. And now the Authors of Pain are just going to be even more dangerous due to the fact that they kicked their manager, Paul Ellering, to the curb after their match last week. And... You know, this match was pretty much what you would expect. A quick beatdown by uh, the authors of Pain. You know, Rhino and Heath tried to jump them before the match, but just uh, made the authors of Pain look even stronger. The fact that they quickly fought back that early attack and were able to uh, leave uh, Slater and Rhino leaving with uh, their finisher the last chapter. And... No, they keep playing off well this whole thing with Heath talk about how he's got kids and he has to provide for them. So that's why he keeps trying to come out, make himself look tough with these challenges, only to get squashed in the end. And, you know, they would be smart now with the Authors of Pain to set them up here on Raw for a run the way the Bludgeon Brothers are on SmackDown. Just destroy everybody they face for the next, I would say, five, six months until after we get past SummerSlam. And then you start building toward them uh, getting a run at the tag team titles. I don't know whether it be at one of the fall pay-per-views or if you even want to wait till Survivor Series with that. But no, they, they can, uh, if booked correctly can be just as dominant as they were on NXT and just as dominant as the Bludgeon Brothers are on SmackDown. And we know what kind of hell they're uh, raising over there. As I entered the second hour of Monday Night Raw last night, there was a promo promoting an edition of Miz TV promoting that Miz would be introducing the next newest member of the Monday Night roster. As it turns out, 
it was two new members of the Monday Night roster, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Remember last week they tried to show up and get jobs on Raw. Kurt Angle put them in a match since he only had one opening, and neither one of them won, so neither one of them got a job. But then they all of a sudden show up on Raw this week. They're celebrating with The Miz and The Miz Taraz, saying that, oh, they're going to be the most dominant faction in, in uh, Raw history, only for Kurt Angle to come out and burst their bubble, saying he didn't hire Zayn and Owens. But they revealed that they had gotten an email from Stephanie McMahon stating that with that match last week, they had both earned their places. So you had a moment there where the heels got the laugh in uh, Kurt Angle's face saying, oh, they pulled one over on him, only for Kurt to quickly fire back. Because Kurt Angle informed The Miz that he is now moving to SmackDown Live. And now, it, it's interesting because last year, Miz moved from SmackDown Live to Raw. Zayn and Owens moved from Raw to SmackDown Live. Now this year, they're switching spots. It's kind of an example of, I'll trade my pain in the ass for your pain in the ass, where the GM of that show can only tolerate them for so long before they send them packing. But it also opens up another interesting possibility here because Kurt Angle brought up the fact that uh, he's going to SmackDown Live without the Miz Taraj uh, by his side. They're staying on Raw while he's going to, to uh, SmackDown Live due to the fact that Daniel Bryan made the request to Shane McMahon and new SmackDown general manager, Paige. We knew sooner or later when Daniel got cleared to compete that this rivalry was going to rear its head once again, all leading back to their time in NXT when The Miz was uh, Daniel Bryan's mentor at NXT and Daniel always rebelled against him to when they were on the main roster after Daniel got hired and he beat Miz for the U.S. title to no on and off feud in over the years to the point where when Daniel retired that the Miz actually started stealing moves out of his arsenal just to mock him and then the war of words that they had uh, in late 2016 early 2017 on the former SmackDown Live post-show, uh, Talking Smack. This is a long time coming. This is three years Daniel Bryan's been waiting for what this. And now he's finally going to get The Miz right where he wants him on SmackDown Live starting tonight. <laughs> Last night was the finals of the Tag Team Eliminator, which was to decide who would face the bar, Sheamus and Cesaro, at the greatest Rumble event in Saudi Arabia in about 10 days. And now I think the moment that they started this Tag Team Eliminator and we saw the teams that were in it, you pretty much had a good feel of who was going to win it. Once you saw that 
the t- the newly formed team of Woken Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt were competing together in this. I like what they did with the two of them's entrance where they come out on stage to the beginning of Matt's music, then that crazy thing happens with the screen, lights go out, and they walk through the fireflies, as they call them, to Bray's music, only for when they blow out the lantern, the lights come back on, and it goes right back to Matt's music. Kind of a interesting concept they've done with the combining the two entrances and I'm I'm digging them as a tag team so far. Uh, no matter how long it lasts, whether this is a, a long-term team or a short-term team, just to build over, build up Bray to the point where then he eventually turns on Matt Hardy. You know, for now it's kind of worth it. It's it's kind of goofy, kind of interesting uh, gimmick that they uh, put them. The two of them together. I never thought when this rivalry started back in December that it eventually wound up with them uh, as a tag team together. I thought uh, what was um, interesting as this match is going on, the the bar is at commentary and some of the things that were being talked about. How you know Cesaro was still a little bit annoyed and hurt the fact they lost the tag titles at WrestleMania too. Braun Strowman and a 10-year-old child named Nicholas saying that the name Nicholas should never be mentioned on this program again. Or they uh, are talking about the great war that that Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt had and uh, uh, they're talking about him uh, uh, falling into uh, in, into the lake. And, uh, no, Michael Cole's still mocking that whole thing. And Corey Graves uh, getting annoyed. They Even at one point, he, he's going, oh, who's that little kid that that's run, we see running around there? And he's like, oh, that's King Maxwell. Show some respect. And, uh, no, that, that that's going to be funny. I hope they play off that some at some point. There's some kind of uh, payoff with that where Michael Cole keeps mocking Matt Hardy and uh, you know the Great War, the Hardy Compound, because uh, he he called it the most obnoxious segment in the in the history of Monday Night Raw, and Matt Hardy said that there would be uh, payback at at some point, but now you know, we get what we thought was going to happen all along. It's going to be. The bar versus the team of uh, of Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt at the Greatest Rumble in ten days in Saudi Arabia, and you know the the uh, if they book this correctly, if they keep uh, if and they don't you know make it completely stupid, this this gimmick can uh, be something of that has staying power, has something that could uh, look, uh, look and feel like a real tag team for a while out here. And Bray Wyatt, since uh, putting them together, looks, uh, looks you know, reinvigorated, look, looks, uh, has looked better since they put him in this tag team. His character has a fresh feel to it. So, uh, as I said, I'm digging this team, and hopefully they do the right thing and have them win the tag team titles at uh, the greatest uh, Rumble event ever. So that, you know, eventually if Bray does turn on Matt Hardy again, 
it has a little more importance because it would mean he's costing them the tag team titles. Couple more things I want to get to as far as the women's division here. Last night, uh, Mickey James and Ember Moon uh, faced off with Nia Jax on commentary. Now, Alexa Bliss was supposed to join them on commentary, but instead she stayed backstage and cut a promo claiming that Nia Jax was being a bully toward her. I, mean, I don't think any of us are really feeling any sympathy for Alexa Bliss with after how uh, mean she was uh, to Jax all these months. She's trying to now play, act like she's the victim. But it, it, it kind of made no sense that that, that uh, promo came out of almost nowhere, uh, the way, way she spoke there, to uh, now uh, have the villain try and act like she's uh, the victim. Didn't make much sense uh, to me. The and you no know, that that match it just it felt like a, a space filler to be to be honest with you. Yeah, Ember got the win. Uh, another impressive eclipse, and you know, the the commentary did a good job of building up how uh, vicious a finisher the eclipse is, especially with how Mickey Mickey's reaction to the eclipse. Was almost like how The Rock used to react to getting the Stone Cold Stunner, where she oversold it. Uh, thankfully, it uh, sounds like she didn't get hurt. Uh, and you know, the the match it it was okay. It was a good filler of three four minutes uh, there, and was good to uh, put over Ember Moon. That's kind of what Mickey's around for these days. Get the occasional win, but put over some of. Uh, the uh, younger uh, up-and-coming women's wrestlers. But they were trying to play up the rivalry of Jax and Bliss during this match. I, th I just think it, w it was played off bad. Trying The promo, it didn't make much, much sense having Bliss try to come out and claim that she was the victim here. Now, elsewhere in the uh, women's division last night, Kurt Angle was talking with Ronda Rousey uh, backstage when uh, he welcomed one of the newest members of the Raw roster coming over in the Superstar Shake-Up, Natalia, And they were playing off uh, that, that uh, Natalia and Ronda are supposedly uh, friends and that... Uh, the, no, the, this is a move that Ronda would be happy about with Natalia coming over, and kind of a strange feel there because I'm I'm not I'm not sure uh, if they're uh, trying to turn Natalia face or just preparing her as a future opponent to eventually turn on Ronda Rousey. I mean, it seemed like she was an ally of hers last night because she was. Uh, she later on in the night faced the beautiful Mandy Rose of Absolution. And once again, it was an, another match on the women's side that unfortunately felt flat. I'm, I'm glad they had three women's matches last night. And it, women's wrestling has obviously been so much better over the years. But just the, the quality of, of uh, match 
felt like there was too much where there was trash talking outside the ring between Natalia and Sonya Deville, who was ringside with Rose, and that the only, you know, big moment of the match that you could think of are Rose with the the high knee to the head of Natalia outside the ring, and then her eventually, her momentum being cut short by uh, tapping out to Natalia's sharpshooter. It led to uh, a beatdown by Absolution on her, only for her to get saved by Ronda Rousey. And, you know, for once, Ronda stopped fangirling it and came down to the ring with a serious look, ready to uh, beat down both of them uh, and was able to uh, do so, especially with how she took out Sonya Deville. And they tried to play off that Sonya Deville has an MMA background as well, only for her to just get the beat down um, by Rousey. But if Natalia is turning face, this could be actually good for the two of them. They, the, they form an alliance. They they have now an, an easy rivalry to start with them against uh, Absolution or you know, what's left of Absolution after Paige's retirement. Gives a, a new feel for Natalia's uh, character gives a new rivalry for Ronda to start until, you know, eventually Stephanie McMahon's going to come back looking for revenge against her. The fact that she injured her arm on back-to-back nights. But it also gives uh, Ronda a veteran to help her through what's the early stages of her WWE career. The surprises kept continuing as Raw went on last night with you know, them promoting another new addition from SmackDown to Raw, this time being the show-off, Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> and you know, It's funny when Dolph Ziggler comes out these days because he almost, he almost has this look on his face that makes it look like he's doing us a favor by actually being here. He, he has uh, this... This look where he's almost looking down at the audience, has this sarcastic smirk on his face, really plays off the fact that he his character is such a jackass. And you know, before he could get much talking in, he's talking about how much how much change had been on Raw, how much Raw had rem- remained the same since he had been on it. He got cut off by. Titus O'Neil's group, Titus Worldwide. And Titus actually was trying to offer him a position in his group in Titus Worldwide, only for Dolph to reveal another change for Raw and that he didn't come alone. When all of a sudden, Titus O'Neil and Apollo Crews, hey, they gave him his last name back, get attacked from behind by another addition to Monday Night Raw, but it was an addition I did not see coming. That was the return to Monday Night Raw of former NXT champion Drew McIntyre. And we had not seen Drew since TakeOver War Games back in November after he had injured his bicep. And now he makes his return as a member of Monday Night Raw. It's kind of an interesting plot twist because prior to this, I saw Drew McIntyre on the 
the kickoff show for NXT TakeOver New Orleans. And he was talking about the, the NXT title match, saying how it didn't matter to him who won it. He was going to come back and get revenge on Andrade. Uh, uh, if he had to face then, no. Alistair Black for the title, so be it. But he wanted his revenge on Andrade C. on Almas. Did, did not see um, this coming where he they make the quick change and and all of a sudden he winds up a member of the Raw roster and now he's aligned with uh, Dolph Ziggler. Now, a couple of things here. Num- number one, I hope that they uh, do not... Uh, have them working too long with uh, Titus Worldwide. To me, this is this is one of those things where you have them face one or two times and you finish it in in about three weeks. That's it. No, no extended period where you're having them face in like a two month rivalry where it it's got to be eventually settled on a kickoff show match. No, that don't don't waste Dolph and uh McIntyre's time on on this rivalry with these guys. Are there there's so much potential that can be had with uh this tag team. But there's also potential about you know what could happen if uh there's a future breakup with them because I could see this coming from a mile away where Dolph almost tries to act like he he's uh He's the boss of McIntyre, and eventually somewhere down the line, McIntyre would get sick of him and and turn on him and go uh, on his own. But he does add an, an interesting uh, twist to the Monday Night Raw story. It adds another big guy. And a night where you know, Raw you know, came away uh, with a lot of size added to it because they... They add Drew McIntyre from NXT. Throughout the night, it show, they showed a promo showing that at some point, the lone wolf Baron Corbin's going to be coming over from SmackDown, which was, which is an interesting change because ever since uh, the uh, the brand split, Baron Corbin has been a, a staple, has been a, a, one of the solid figures over on SmackDown. And now he's making the change over to Raw, where he'll, he'll probably uh, raise somehow. You, you know, you still got Braun Strowman over here. Bobby Lashley just came over. Samoa Joe just uh, returned recently. So there, it's a, like a land of giants all of a sudden over on Monday Night Raw. No, at least for now. Who who's to say? Maybe that changes tonight with uh, more to come in the superstar shakeout. We're ten days away from uh, the show in Saudi Arabia, the greatest rumble ever, and of course we know that by now the main event of the program will be the uh, rematch between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship, only this time in a steel cage. Kind of a weird way to have a rematch. I, I used to think that rematches for titles only happen when a challenger uh, either won the match by disqualification uh, or the the champion lost the title and was using his rematch clause. Didn't know you get a rematch for getting bloodied up. But as I've said uh, for the last week or so since this match has 
made. This is the last opportunity for Roman Reigns. If they have him lose at uh, Saudi Arabia to Brock Lesnar, they'll they'll never make it believable that he's the top guy, that, that he's the guy they're going with for the future to be their next John Cena. And you know, in the last week or so, they've been building up a lot about Roman Reigns almost trying to overcome the odds uh, based off the fact that Samoa Joe returned last week on Raw and continuously takes shots at Roman Reigns for all of his recent failures against Brock Lesnar, whether it's the loss at WrestleMania, the fact that he he was the one that lost the fatal four-way match at SummerSlam. He couldn't get the job done at uh, WrestleMania three years ago. Every single time him and Brock seem to be in the the same area at the same time, Brock gets uh, the upper hand and beats him down. And uh, they played that off well with Samoa Joe showing that uh, video package of reminding him all those failures. And then once again promising that he was going to take him out after or whatever's left of him after Lesnar gets done at Backlash coming up on the first weekend of May. This time, though, they they finally started teasing a little bit of interaction between the two of them with Roman Reigns actually seemingly somewhat healed up from his uh, beating from Brock at WrestleMania and wanting to fight the Samoan submission machine. And you know, twice Joe team teased coming down the ramp to actually fight him, um, came halfway down, then threw the towel down and came all the way down to ringside until he uh, walked away saying, we're going to do this on my term. And, you know, it, it makes uh, both of them look good in in uh, this stance. With Roman, the fact that he's not backing away from any challenge, and Joe, yeah, you don't want to see him walk away, but he continues to leave Roman waiting, continues to, it continues to frustrate Roman and showing him that I've been the one that's been calling you out. We're going to do this on my time when I'm ready to do this. Um, you know, at some point, these these two guys are going to you know, have an absolute war. Probably going to take place at Backlash. And hopefully when they do, hopefully it's for the Universal Championship. Because it's now or never for Roman. I'll continue saying that well, when it comes to the... Universal title and Brock Lesnar. It's now or never for him to finally beat Brock, be the guy that, that conquers the beast. The the guy that, the only person that seemingly has had an answer for Brock Lesnar in uh, recent years has been Goldberg. Brock's now been the, the uh, Universal Champion. By the time we get to Saudi Arabia, he will have been Universal Champion for 400 days. And no... Yeah, if he was part of Raw every week, it, it'd be a good run. But a part-timer being their main champion for that long, I, it to me, it just doesn't work out. To me, they need to make this change. They need Roman Reigns to become the universal champion at uh, Saudi Arabia. They need the title to be back on the, the 
the main show each and every single week instead of their champion working a part-time schedule because then the title loses a little bit of its luster. It has lost a little bit of its luster. It needs to get back to being prominent and um, and instead of having part-timers hold it all the time, having the guys that are there defending it every month on every single pay-per-view. Now the bar was in action last night, but uh, they were surprised who uh, they had to face earlier in the night after seeing they were going to face uh, the team of Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt uh, in Saudi Arabia next week to determine new Raw Tag Team Champions. They're walking backstage, talking about how uh, weirdly dressed uh, that team is, only to be confronted by the fashion police themselves, Breeze Dengo, uh, who now uh, joined the uh, um, Monday Night Raw roster, bringing their fun uh, fashion files gimmick along with them, which has been one of the more hysterical gimmicks on uh, Smackdown Live over the last year and they, they proceeded to write both of them tickets for the way that they're dressed the, how it doesn't make sense make it, making fun of the bar's uh, sense of fashion leading to a match between uh, the uh, two sides later in the night and you know, it, it adds a, a, a little bit uh, to Brizango coming in. The fact that they, they beat the bar on their first night. Yeah, most of the match it spent them uh, getting beat down. But there was a mix of, you know, good comedy here, um, which you always are going to get uh, with uh, Tyler Breeze and Fandango. Head in at the end, how they play off the whole shocking upset, which they've done a couple times already against the bar in uh, recent months. Whether it be when Titus Worldwide beat them now, it's uh, Brizango uh, beating them. So it's uh, not much of a shock, but uh, you know Brizango continues uh, what's been a night of change on on Monday Night Raw. You know, you talk about Mahal coming over. You talk about Natalia coming to Monday Night Raw. Dolph Ziggler come, comes to Raw and brings uh, Drew McIntyre from NXT with them. The Riot Squad comes over. N- now uh, the team of Brizango uh, joins the mix, and as well as there were other uh, additions that weren't uh, shown in front of the crowd that we uh, found out as the night went on, whether it's when they announced Baron Corbin's coming to Raw or after Raw went off the air, there were some some changes made to Raw with Chad Gable now coming over or Mike Kanellis is going to be coming to Monday Night Raw or the, the one that the Fashion Files would in uh Brizango wish wouldn't have happened, and that would be the former NXT Tag Team Champions, the Ascension, following them from SmackDown to Raw. Because uh, the Ascension have been essentially following uh, uh, 
Breezango around for the last year. They've become an integral part of the whole Fashion Files storyline that they do on WWE.com. So, I mean, why not continue the, that goofy gimmick? It, they, they would have had to have uh, picked you know, something that would not have fit that storyline anyway. So why not have them come over? And hell, even if they're not part of that, maybe you finally get over the Ascension as a actual tag team because... Let's face it, they've been buried on on the main roster the last couple of years. After they came up from NXT, they, they had a quick run where you thought they were going to be a legitimate team. But the last couple of years, they've been kind of a joke. The The only thing you know of them, them now recently is how they follow around Tyler Breeze and Fandango and kind of annoy them each week on uh, those Fashion File segments. But, you know, there has been... A lot of change on Monday Night Raw, but more change w- was to come when it came to the main event that night. We'll close out today with talking about last night's main event, which was a 10-man tag team matchup. Miz's last match on Monday Night Raw after he was informed that he would be going back to SmackDown Live. The last time he'll be teaming with uh, Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas of the Miz Taraj, teaming alongside with uh, new Raw superstars Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn to face the team of Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley, Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, and the newest member of the Monday Night Raw roster in the Superstar Shakeup, the glorious one, Bobby Roode. Adding another big-time face to the Royal Ross. And, you know, everyone on the that team seemed to have their moments throughout this match, whether it be Bobby Lashley continuing to show off his impressive strength, chucking the Miz out of the ring onto the Miz Taraj and throwing people around left and right. Uh, Rude, when he got the tag coming in, although he had to deal with Kevin Owens yelling in his face to go back to SmackDown, uh, able to uh, hit almost every single move in his arsenal. Seth Rollins and uh, and Finn Balor with how the, the impressive they are with uh, their uh, wild arsenal diving out of the ring, diving all over the place. Or... Braun Strowman, and Braun Strowman, he gets tagged in last night when The Miz is in the ring, and the crowd just exploded. Just with the thought that, oh, Miz is going to finally get it from this guy, because over the last several months on and off, anytime they were seemingly involved in the the same uh, point of a story, Miz had... I don't want to say got in the upper hand, but had been able to avoid Braun Strowman. Had been able to avoid getting the beatdown that he truly deserved. And, you know, he, he was left in there with uh, Strowman after his uh, now former Miz Taraz, uh, teammates turned on him because he tried to tag out, but Axel didn't want to tag in. Bo Dallas didn't want to tag in. They, they, uh, left him uh, all alone now with Strowman. It's going to be interesting to see now what they do with Axel and uh, Dallas due to the fact that this was probably the most relevant thing these guys have done 
in their careers. The last eight months teaming with The Miz have put them on the map, put them over. Now that they're going to have to figure out something else for them to do to avoid them just becoming obscurity, avoid them from just going back to being regulars on, you know, shows on the network like Main Event and Superstars. But, you know, Miz, uh, he leaves Raw after finally getting what he deserved from Braun Strowman, and that's uh, a well-deserved ass-kicking. And he knows what's coming to him on uh, SmackDown Live uh, tonight when he will once again be face-to-face with his longtime rival, Daniel Bryan. And, no, it, it concluded what was a great night of surprises, whether it be with Bobby Roode uh joining the Raw roster as part of that main event. Or you see Jinder Mahal and the United States Championship come to Raw. The Riot Squad coming in and attacking members of the women's division. The fact that Baron Corbin at some point is going to be coming to Raw. Or that we now have a goof, kind of goofy gimmick like the uh, the fashion files of Breeze Dango uh, coming to Raw. And on top of that, the, the the shocker with Dolph Ziggler not just coming from SmackDown to Raw, but bringing NXT's Drew McIntyre with him. It that that's why these two weeks after WrestleMania are so great because they talk about WrestleMania being the end of their year in WWE. Well, those first two weeks after it are a whole new beginning because you get the night after uh, WrestleMania and the SmackDown after WrestleMania where you never know what to expect, never know what kind of surprise returns or debuts are going to occur on that night. And then the next week with the superstar shakeup and the fact that they don't announce who's changing brand, you just have to watch and see who shows up. It's incredible excitement, and the excitement continues tonight. Who knows who's going to come to uh, SmackDown Live? Who knows how they're going to uh, shift the balance of uh, the the brands? Because Raw got a, a lot of big players last night. You know, SmackDown's going to be looking to stack back up its roster as well tonight. So just going to have to tune in. Tonight at 8 o'clock on the USA Network to find out how SmackDown will be shaken up for this next year. And no, I'm looking forward to it because the change and the surprise about it, that's what's fun about the Superstar Shakeup. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens tonight. Looking forward to talking about it with all of you here uh, tomorrow. So for uh, this um, Monday morning here, I'm M3 and this is my opinion on Monday Night Raw from April 16th, 2018. Hope everybody has a great day, and I'll talk to you guys once again very soon. Peace out.